you have to partner with people to do things. Gotcha. Unless you're going to do something small. I think one of the best things we've done over a two-year period was last year we gave away uh, watermelons on the 4th of July. Welcome to 614 Ministries. Uh, well, we're in the business of rescuing churches. This is uh, Pastor Stan's friend, uh, Victor Herman. I'm pastor at First Baptist Chickasaw, Stan. Thank you very much. Uh, and we're here having a good old time, just here to talk about... Community presence for small churches. Community presence for small churches. That's right. We're All joined right. by... Caleb Howell with yep. Howell Baptist you done. And you're so glad he wrote you, that on his you shirt. You done. <laughs> I know, my name you. is not on my you. shirt. I'm my watching last, you. My last name's always on my shirt. Yeah. No, I'm very thankful that your church is your last name because I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. so good. Yeah. So good. I love being with these guys, and we're, we are going to just have a little discussion here about the local church having a presence in the community because that's really the, the purpose of us being... Yeah. The local church. If your local church is not able to be present in the community and important to the community, you're just not getting it done yet. And you can have a lot of good things going. Churches can have a whole lot of good things going for themselves and be all about themselves. But we were given a great commission by Jesus Christ himself to go and make disciples in our community. Samaria first, right? Or Jerusalem first. Samaria first. Jerusalem first. I know my Bible, right? Let's go to Jerusalem first. So we should have a footprint. And I know uh, Tom Rayner and Carl Vader and all these other guys that we follow so much. You know, your your zip code of your church is no accident. And so I sit here today with a, a church, Pastor Vic's church is slap dab in the middle of a little bitty city. That's just as city as it can possibly city be. Um, thriving city of Chickasaw. And then Pastor Howell's church is way out in the woods in Loosedale, but kind of out on the edge of Loosedale. Oh, yeah. Edge, edge. Yeah, (laughs) barely made it into that big thriving town of Loosedale. But it's a very rural church, very small community um, out there. So your your challenge to be in the community is very different than Vic's challenge. Um, And our church is pretty much close to Mobile and Sims and some of the bigger cities, Sarah Land and even Chickasaw. So we can have a footprint in some of those places as well. Um, and our, our responsibility is to figure out how to get into those communities. And I just wanted to kick around a bunch of ideas on that. Um, one of the questions that was asked on by Carl Vader's at one point in some conversation I was having with him or was in a meeting with him is if your church closed – would the community care or just your church care? In other words, if Sunday, all of a sudden there was a close sign on your church, I'm asking our pastors are listening. That's a good all question. Of a sudden, all of a sudden there was a close sign. Obviously your church people that drive up to the church are going to be a little bothered by that. Like, man, this is our church. What happened? Right. And there's going to be a little huck kerfuffle there, but will the community even care or notice if, if, you know, we just had that church bulldozed over here at, at uh, Hillcrest, at the end of Hillcrest, a uh, neighborhood near, not far from our church here. Um, they literally bulldozed a church down. We put it on our, our uh, Facebook page at 614 way back months ago when they did it because it was just tragic to me. It's like a little Baptist church that nobody could maintain or manage, and they finally just leveled it. 
um, and with bulldozers. And I'm like, oh, my heart just broke. You know, sitting, it's on the campus of University of South Alabama. Yeah. You're like, goodness gracious, what an opportunity um, to have a church right there up in the middle of all these students that are trying to find, find purpose in life and meaning and all that. But it, does anybody even care that that church closed? Was there, was there an impact to the community for that church closing? Um, that's the real question we have to think about. And how we actually impact the community, we've got to figure out ways to get our, our lives interacting with that community so let me get you guys throw out some ideas and some thoughts and kind of see where that goes what are you guys thinking victor your church has done a pretty good job of returning your church back into community presence because man we're trying to get plugged in everywhere right right y'all had a bad I, reputation for when when we first got there 614 did yeah bad reputation <clears throat> we are now at this point just trying to figure out what all chickasaw's got going on who's the best fit for those events you know, whether it be mm-hmm. football games, whether it be uh, the farmer's market, um, uh, whether it's a back-to-school bashes, uh, the, the just whatever they got going on. I mean, that's that's where we need to be at. Yeah, and we somehow, need to be you've, got, somehow you've gotten enough uh, connections now that, like, at the – am I remembering the last Easter sunrise service? They right. asked you to be – Yeah, yeah. I'm on rotation. Uh, I'm on rotation with uh, the – one or two solid pastors mm-hmm. that they ask. Right. So, right. which again, who puts believe you, in puts you Easter. In, yeah, who believe in Easter. The, the churches that do believe. Right, in. right, right. But it puts you clearly, <laughs> that guy, Caleb, it puts you clearly in the uh, presence of that community now yep. that you're going to be the representative of your church, you know? You know, sitting here thinking about it, I'm thinking about right now three. Or three, at least three families that the church has collected mm-hmm. by going to these events, yeah. and not only just families that are sitting in the pews. Man, right. I'm t- a couple families that I'm now leaning on. Mm. I thank God right. that we were out at whatever public event that we were at when we, when we picked them up, mm-hmm. and it has been extremely fruitful for okay. the church yeah. and for these people in their lives. What are some examples of those events? The uh, you mentioned the farmers farmers market, market was something something that it's seasonal but they do it I think every two weeks and what it is it's a collective from what I can tell obviously I don't lead the thing but from what I can you tell look like a farmer I've ever, <laughs> ever seen you farm. Does All he need to come help him at the farmer's <laughs> he market. Might, he might. You would Caleb would he would I hit it out of the farmer's park. Market. He is Look, the, you are the farmer's market. These people have <laughs> these people have hobbies. I call mm-hmm. them hobbies. Yeah. They, they may call them side jobs. I don't know, but right. they have they do all sorts of arts and crafts. Yeah, woodworking, painting, jam making. Their passions. Yeah, yeah. they passions. they they do it and um and they come and sell their goods like a little vintage market. It's yeah. a little vintage marketplace. Mm-hmm. And they're really just using the um so the parking dirt. lot to the parking lot is right next to the uh, fire department. Okay, yeah, so um, it's right there at the city park. Right, you guys would know that. Probably our listeners probably wouldn't right. know that, but um so that has been you know. And Did I, you just set up a booth there? Did you? Yep, yep, I called the park director uh-huh. and I said, "How much is it going to cost for us to?" Come up there. She's like, "What are you selling?" I said, "I ain't selling nothing. Jesus. Give away free water, <laughs> free Jesus, and, uh, yeah. and, and talk to people about is, the Lord." Is it a morning market or an afternoon market? It's um, it is from they they do it before it gets too hot. So it's summertime and it's what eight to twelve. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's only one hundred and five or nine to twelve. It's only one hundred five degrees. To, oh yeah, Lou still has Lou still has a farmers market, and First Baptist Lou still. 
which it's right in front of First Baptist Lucidale. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like in front of their church right. on, the, on the street. Nice. They always have coffee and donuts. Sure. And if those men aren't there, and sometimes they're not there because they might have a funeral that day or something. Something, something else to do. Something's going on. I mean, people ask, mm-hmm. where are they at? Where's right. the coffee and the donuts? Where's the good. coffee and the donuts? It is. It I is. Didn't, see, I wasn't thinking about none of that. I was That's like, hey, let's give some of these waters out. Now we got some ideas kicking around. Have right? some. Uh, that would absolutely Farm draw. people like coffee. Oh, yeah. I like coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm not old enough yet. I'm a city guy. I like coffee a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, Caleb, what are some ideas in your community much different than Victor's? Because you are way out there, man. And there's, it's not like this bustling community that's always got something going on. There's not a football team in no. your area uh, doing so, anything. For a small church, yeah, in a place like we are. You have to partner with people to do things. Gotcha. Unless you're going to do something small. I think one of the best things we've done over a two-year period was last year we gave away uh, watermelons on the 4th of July. Hmm. Of course, I come from a small little watermelon capital, George County, Mississippi. Right. Um, the best watermelons in Mississippi. Some people tell you a second, but they're the best. But we gave away watermelons in front of the church unannounced. Uh, on the 4th of July. Hmm. Um, we gave away small Christmas trees at the gas station on Christmas Eve a few years so ago. So good, man. That's a great idea. We just had little fern trees, had small string of lights, mm-hmm. little Christmas balls. Mm-hmm. We gave them away. Our church hosts, was fixing to host a third annual um, community cookout. Right. And every year, there have been decisions that have came out of that cookout, whether it was decisions made at Howell Baptist Church or, or last year Midway um, Baptist partnered with us, and, and they saw some fruit mm-hmm. off of that as well. Uh, but the main thing is I've had people in the community that's never been to one of our cookouts ask me, are y'all going to have that cookout again? Right, right. We're building a reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're building a reputation. We done surveys in the community years ago when I was interim pastor there, and uh, we asked the community, "What's five needs that y'all see?" Hmm. One of the top five was was well, we need to be a community again. Like we need community events, and the other thing that stuck out to me that we done in response to it, we don't do the best job in the world as we once did. But people, believers and non-believers, prayer. We need prayer for our community. Mm. So um, we, I've done some things in response to that. One thing I have right now is I send, it's only one card a week, but I send one card a week out in the mail to people that I may not even know. Yeah. Your voter roll is a public record. And you can get names and addresses off of that. Hmm. So I'll pick out a, a family in our community. I pray for them each week. And I send them a card saying that I've prayed for them that week. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And in a rural community, you just wouldn't expect, you know, necessarily get a personal letter from the local pastor, especially if you're not attending his church or 
and well, not hitting any. I trip. sent personal letters to everybody, inviting them to Easter. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the process of doing the same thing <clears throat> for the cookout mm-hmm. and revival services we're going to have this year. Mm. Um, because there's two things we're talking about here. Let, let's just make that. I want to make that clear. We're talking about your church being present, but we're also talking about your pastor's Pastor, presence. Yeah, yeah. Because Dr. Alan Jackson that I, taught me at New Orleans Baptist Theological, he said if a youth minister isn't out of his office 75% of the time, he's failing. Mm-hmm. If the pastor's not out of his office at least 40% of the time, he's failing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you to gotta get out into the community. You got to meet business owners, meet the local people. Um, I, I believe very strongly in trying to use the local Mom and pops businesses, mom and pop restaurants, um, chicken pig promo there. <clears throat> One of our sponsors for a 614 podcast is the chicken pig in Agricola. That's so right. If you're in Agricola, stop by, meet Caleb <laughs> and his team. And and he has a guy that'll invite you to a different church. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they, they will invite you to Midway Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> so. And the other thing that we're doing that we just started talking about today, um, and you know, I was talking about we we have our uh, our crowd is with us again today. Andrew's here with us, mm, and right. um, Andrew is associate pastor at Howell Baptist Church because I went to a Fourth of July fireworks show. Wow, there you go. I went to the Fourth of July fireworks show in the community. Yeah, in Loosedale. Yeah, the county seat. Mm-hmm. He was there with another church. His fiance now wife was there. And uh, I asked him to come lead worship. <laughs> I come. I asked him to come lead worship at Howell. I, I didn't ask him. I begged him. But um, when I went we've there, there. <laughs> we've all been there. True story. When I went there, I was led by the Spirit, and God said, "You're going to go find your music leader mm. at the fireworks show today." Mm. And when I saw Andrew, God said, "There he is," and I'm like, "I know him." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know him. There you go. So you got to be out in the community. You got to be meeting people. You got to be seeing people. And that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So uh, one of the things Victor and I have in common is that we work um, some local rehabs. It's just another way to get our name and church recognition into the community rehabs, which tends to be a group of people that really need help, really need, they're broken. They really need help. And so... Uh, you know, there's three or four that I know you speak at pretty regular and, you know, a couple that I'm still allowed at. I've been, anyway, we won't go there, <laughs> but I love getting to te- teach at the, the ladies home over here and minister at some of these other uh, rehabs that are in town with all my heart. I think it's one of the places that God wants us to take our church message and put it into that rehab so the people there can say, hey, there's hope outside these walls, and I need to be connected. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know you you live in that world. So. Yeah. There's, we have, there's six or eight um, six or eight members now at our church because of that. Yeah. Because of being connected to sure. the, uh, the local rehabs. Yeah. They, they, when, if you, pastors, if you'll visit your local rehab and try to find a way to get on the chapel schedule. And they're the best members you're going to have. Yeah. But even if you, even if their chapel schedule is full, you can still ask, can I come up on campus during lunch times or 
afternoon breaks and just fellowship with the men of those yeah. campuses, yeah. Uh, bring my wife and fellowship with the women, whatever, and, and build discipleship relationships. When those men graduate that program, they have got to have a spiritual mentor and accountability. And if you've poured into their lives, they're going to come get help from you. It just happens consistently, your church and my church, all the time. Mm-hmm. It happens consistently. Well, I know I've had the privilege of preaching at uh, a couple of rehab places. Right. And uh, while we don't have that community in our church yet, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be at Chicken Pig and somebody will <clears throat> look at me and they'll point with this question on their face and they'll say, Brother Caleb, yes. Oh, you came and preached at so-and-so and so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Can I talk to you for a minute? You know, and let's be honest, it's it's not about our church growing, it's about the kingdom of God growing. That's right. That's right. Mm. And yeah. and because you're gonna you're gonna influence the kingdom of God a lot more than your your local church yep. at yeah. these yeah. these mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So other things that you would say about the visiting those rehabs and some some of the byproducts of that for you? Oh wow. Just like like Brother Caleb's saying, though, spreading the gospel one, mm-hmm. gospel being spread through, and uh, and from what I can tell, um, when you spread the gospel, the church grows. Yeah, I mean, it just God, does. God's, honor, kinda, God's honored by that. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't see any radical lives being it's changed amazing. right there on the spot, it seems like yeah. when I go somewhere mm-hmm. to share the gospel, I may I may get the Lord will just send some people, some already believing people, right. people that you needed. Right. Anyways, I mean, so. And how, how many times, though, have, have we all used in our sermon illustration about us sharing the gospel with somebody, right? You're, I'm, I'm challenging our people Someone to be. Someone hearing that to, you didn't even. Yes. I'm challenging our people to be proactive in their gospel. But then I can actually say, and here's an example of that. I shared with this guy, et cetera, et cetera, you know, at this mission or whatever. And now. The people know that's a real illustration of a real thing that happened. So yeah. it's it's you're not just making it up like we should do this. It's no, I've done this yeah. because I was on a campus where it's really easy to do. It's a lot easier for you as a pastor if you'll get on these campuses um, and just volunteer. Sa- same with the go if you want to go down to local jails, whole different environment. You got to be built for that. Um, I did it for years, um, and uh, just just hard to find time to do all that now. And you got to go through all these hoops and loops and. Sometimes I forget that we are talking to uh, pastors and and whatnot, and so I'm trying. I, there are lots of things that uh, mm-hmm. that they would need to know. You definitely need if 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 you're a pastor, and you're listening to this podcast right now. You need you need to figure out how to get into at least one rehab mm-hmm. or the jail or somewhere that these people are starving to death for spiritual truth. Yeah, they're they, hungry. For they help. Ha- they have been trapped inside of a system. Systems upon systems upon systems of lies, and they need to be snatched out. Just like Paul says, snatching them, literally snatching them from the fire, snatching them from the matrix. Homeless shelter. of lies. Homeless shelter might be if you're you're in a place that's got enough of a city that has a homeless shelter. Go to where desperate people are. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. want to see, if you've been ministering for any amount of years and you haven't seen what you thought what you thought you were supposed to be seeing inside your church, right. go to these places. Oh, I'm telling you. And it's just like the Word of God says, that the power of God is what? In the gospel. That's right. It's in the gospel message. Mm. Simple. Uh, they say it's a stumble block to the Jews. Right. 
foolishness to the Greeks. That's right. Okay, but I'm telling you, it's the power of God. Yeah, and when and, you find that one or two guys that really want it and are clinging to it, and God's molding their heart back toward it, it is just the coolest thing ever. Change, change your, it's going to change your whole life. Yep. It'll change your whole life around when yep. you see that gospel message work right there mm-hmm. instantly, especially sometimes. Yeah. So, and and the same with just identifying, Kev. You mentioned that you're you're at one point you did this survey of the needs of a community. I think that's a really cool deal. I, I don't know if we have time to dialogue now how to, how we could do that, like how Northside could figure out who to email that to or whatever, maybe through these voting records you're talking about. But there's got to be a way for us to evaluate community needs. And and I think that's a a really cool point because well, if you find out your community is filled with people who are mostly single moms or a lot of elderly widows, right, now, now your church can actually have a, a designated focus group and say, "Hey, we we need to figure out what 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 do our deacons need to do to be very focused around the elderly widows in this community? They don't need to go to our church. We just need to go love on them. We got to figure out a way to love the community." Well, besides the community survey we did, I I got and I can I got access to get demographic studies within however many mile. Radius of your church or driving distance of your church. Uh-huh. I did one for Howell, and when I got Howell coming out of a youth children background, I was all geared up to start this youth program, this children's program. I told y'all this morning we're fixed to invest in some nursery expenses there uh-huh. at Howell because we're blessed to have that. But demographic survey told me I didn't need to invest in children or youth. Uh-huh. It was adults. Yeah, it's mostly adults. It's mostly the adults. It's mostly, mostly older adults. If I wanted, if I felt led to minister to the majority of our community, 50% more of our community, it was going to be ministering to adults. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just bound and determined that the best way to grow the church at Howell is to reach the majority of the community first. And then, after you're healthy there, then you can start going after more on the side roads, if right, you will, right, of, right. of your demographics. Mm-hmm. It's important to know who your community is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a community meeting about a year ago, and I think we're about to get this accomplished at Howell. There's a there's a crossroads there at Howell, and people fly through there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. just travel through there. And I told them, I said, I won't work with our state senator because there's a state highway there. And get a caution light. And I saw the eyes of people just rolling like, oh, we don't want no caution light. And I said, wait. I said, a caution light with a video camera. So if there's a, next time there's an accident here, it's called on video. <laughs> well, then I started seeing people go, yeah, yeah, that, that's what we need because everybody in the community's had some sort of accident there. Mm. It's important not to just be in your community, but active in your community and yeah. speak with wisdom and, and make some wise moves. Right. right. Let people know that you're wise. Mm. That's um, good. Because that's what we're looking for today is leadership. Somebody that calls themselves a leader is easy to find. That's right. Mm. 
throw that word around loosely. Very loosely. I, Very I, I loose. had a lot to say about that before I was ever a leader. You were that yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 I thought I was a better leader until I got to be a leader. Oh, no, no, no. no. I was that. Why does everybody call themselves self proclaimed leaders? Mm-hmm. I was that guy. I was like, what? You're not leading anything. Yeah. You're definitely not leading me. So right. Right. I tried not to be that guy once. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be that guy that could win every football game because he knows exactly what to do immediately after the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what to do. Yeah, I could tell the coach. If, the coach, if I could play that game over The coach over would have just called me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On Which Monday is, morning. That's what all the Alabama fans are saying this week. So, wow, that was a painful game to watch. Um, but uh, just a couple of quick ideas. Um, we've done Laundry Love in our community, in your community as well, at Chickasaw, Vic. Um, laundry Love's real simple. You you get a whole bucket of quarters. You show up at the local laundromat with permission from the owner to say, we'd, we'd kind of like to just park here and sit here and wait on people to come into the building, and we want to pay for their laundry. Um, you can bring pizzas to that if you want to, or snacks for kids or whatever, because moms that are coming with their kids love to have something to do. We've done coloring books and have some young people come to color with the little kids. But you, when you're at a laundromat and somebody brings in their laundry, especially if you, they will let you pay for it. Some people refuse, but most, I would say 99%, we've always had good luck with um, they're a captive audience, man. They they put that stuff in there, and you got 20 minutes with them because that laundry ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and uh, so it's just a real easy way to say our church loves you, and we're sitting in this building in our community to say we love you. And there's no agenda. We don't. We're not asking you to come to our church, although you're welcome to. Uh, we're asking to get to know you a little bit, figure out how to pray for your family. Pray for you. What can we do for you besides help you with the laundry? Um, and that a lot of times turns into a pure gospel conversation. So we've seen seen great success with that. It's real simple. Free lawn care weekends. I know that mm. rings rings all our bells as lawn care guys. Um, but where you just say to a bunch of your guys, hey, we're just going to go into this neighborhood and four or five houses that, man, they haven't been cut in two or three weeks. And clearly something's not okay there. You know, let's just knock on the door and see if we can just cut some grass for you know till eight to noon or whatever and then we'll all go get lunch together but our church is investing in a neighborhood that's near our church or in our community and just helping people for for no charge for nothing but just the the love to do that so you can do that with car washes and you know all that kind of stuff you can do um we've done um single mom's care um i've done this in the past where where you say this saturday um we want all the single moms who will register with us to come up to the church. We've got a special brunch for you, and some lady's going to speak or whatever, and it's a really nice brunch if we can have some um, party gifts for them or whatever. So when they leave, they leave with something nice, a little bag of you know soaps and makeups or candles or whatever. Um, but you do the single moms, and while they're here, you say, we'd like permission, with your permission, uh, we'd like to check the air in your tires and the oil in your car. Um, and we've got a professional, our church has a certified mechanic, um, actually a couple of them. So we could, we could, you know, we can check it. Now we're not going to, you know, we're not going to fix anything because of the liability of that till we get back around to that. But if it's something simple, we might could, um, either way, if their brakes are real bad, if their tires are real bad as a church, now you're aware this lady's running on threads, you know, on metal 
on metal with three kids in her car. We've got to buy her some tires. We've got to figure out how we can help her get some tires. That's not okay. Um, and so, again, you, you find yourself in a way to, to help them. They've had a great day here. You can have your youth watch their kids and play with them and, you know, watch videos with them in the youth rooms or whatever. But you've just ministered to those single moms for a half a day, and it's been like a break for them. Um, kind of a refreshing for them and we've checked on their car and we've built some connections and community with them right so those kind of things if you guys think outside the box sometime you can really find ways to help identify people in your community that you can help same with the elderly you can do the same thing with elderly or special needs families with special needs kids or whatever we're going to do a very unbaptist thing in the spring oh no we're going to do a free yard sale. I thought you were going to say you're going to have a wine party. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a free yard sale. Yeah. You price everything like it's a yard sale. Sure. And then every family that comes up, you give them a 20 or $30 voucher. There you go. And they pick out stuff that you're, you may not reach very many people in your target group, but I guarantee you, you're going to reach somebody that comes there and they needed that shirt. They needed well, and, that work shirt. And they were just, either way, they're blessed by. Either way, they're blessed. You've given right. them basically $20 to spend for, you know, on your stuff. That's a really great idea, Caleb. Love that. All right, guys, anything else? So I'm going to encourage you as a pastor, let's let's get into the community somehow, some way. Um, if you're having a hard time figuring all this out, get with your um, couple of your key volunteers at church, couple of your key staff, uh, your your core group and say, let's just go do round table and talk about what could we start? Where could we start? How, how can we start getting us ourselves into the community? It might just be a 4th of July parade, a Christmas parade, uh, a Christmas activity, uh, set up a booth at something like, uh, Victor was talking about where, where our church is just recognized. We always have these flower, the Azalea trail flower things happening all the time. Um, and, and different things. So, any way you can get in the community because you're supposed to have a footprint in that community, uh, not just because your church sits in it and they're going to come to your church. You're supposed to get out to them. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. Hope you'll tune in next week. Um, Rescuing Churches is our official podcast. Um, we need followers, so we'd love for you to have a bunch of people like and subscribe to this. Uh, click the five stars if you're in, in uh, some place where you can do that. That would help us and get more attention to our podcast. And if you need us at 614, we will help you in any way possible. That's right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. You can help us if you'll hit the like, share, and download icons for our podcast. We at 614 Ministries are committed to helping small churches thrive. And we believe small churches are the hope of the communities all over the world. So we would be glad to partner with you, pray with you, visit with you and or your church family. And here's the best part. We have no fees. It's all free. Uh, we just want to help you the best way we can. So learn about us at 614ministries.org or you can email me personally at stan at 614ministries.org. Till the next time, keep shepherding your flock well and guard your flock that Jesus purchased with his own blood.